0: to native yoga podcast so happy you are here my goal with this channel is to bring inspirational speakers to the mic in the field of yoga massage bodywork, and beyond follow us at native yoga and check us out at nativeyogacenter.com all right let's begin Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. I'm so excited to have you here and also to introduce you to Nat Flood. Nat is a yoga and Pilates and much more than just that teacher that owns a studio in Bermuda on the island of Bermuda out in the Atlantic. She has a studio called Shimana Circle Studio and you can find her on her website at shamanacirclestudio.com. Also on Instagram, at Shimana Circle, and also on her personal page on Instagram, at Nat of Shimana. Also, I do a free live webinar on YouTube every Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern. If you join in live, you can ask questions, of which case I'm happy to answer during. And it's recorded, so you can always check it out afterward as well. Uh, check in the links below for all those uh, details. Again, remember to look for Nat at shamanacirclestudio.com. All right, let's get started. I'm delighted to have the opportunity to converse with Nat Flood. Nat, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, I'm great. I'm so happy to be here and chat to you.
0: Thank you. This has been several months in the making because you are a new uh, a mom or a recently again, new mom. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I know that when I reached out to you, you had said, Oh, I can do this, but I just need a little bit of time. And so thank you so much for carving out time. I I do know how busy we are as parents, how hard it is to get a little bit of time for ourselves. Can you tell me a little bit what it's like being uh, a new mom again?
1: Yeah, no, my pleasure. I'm so happy to chat. Um, yeah, it's, it's, amazing over and over and over again i feel like (laughs) we learned so much about ourselves over again you know we have maybe as a second time mom for me like an expectation of how things are going to go and then of course none of it went the way that i expected um so it's just it's nice to be put in that position with new variables i love Mm. having stuff just thrown at me and dealing with new things so um it's been great
0: What is an example of something that you try to premeditate that did not go according Mm. to your plan?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, luckily for me, the second birth was so much more fluid and on the level that I wanted. Um, I was successful this time in my home water birth, which I'm just so grateful for. Um, Took a lot of preparation. It's just not a done thing here in Bermuda um not not to say that you can't do it but it's it's not regulated and it's not um legislated so it's a a personal risk that we take on to do it here rather than birthing at the hospital which is like the major option um but i was an a a long extended breastfeeder with my first son so we made it to about 15 16 months breastfeeding and so i was really looking forward to the breastfeeding a journey with my second. And, um, it was discovered. I kind of knew that there was a problem. He was kind of living off my letdown. I knew that it wasn't right. And then we discovered a massive tongue tie issue for him, um, decided to go ahead with revision. And even with revision, um, he was so guarded. He, he would not let the dentist in there to do it. So it wasn't successful. And, um, I ended up pumping exclusively and bottle feeding him. And I mean, he's only nine months, so. Um, luckily I have a great supply, so I was able to pump in store for six months and he's still living off my supply. So hopefully I'll get into a year with my, um, with my breast milk supply. So for me, that was just such a new way of, of, of thinking or like seeing motherhood, you know, especially as a business owner, it's, it's, um, it was so time consuming. So body consuming. Oh my gosh. I
0: can't even imagine. I mean, obviously I can't imagine, being a male but at the same time uh being a dad and
1: (laughs) yeah and uh, and knowing how much it goes into it
0: yeah oh my gosh right like I remember Mm -hmm. just even if we were attempting to get a night off in the process of needing to try to have enough supplies ready to go was was a lot of a lot of extra work so
1: a lot of extra work you've been doing that bottles sterilizing bottles yeah parts like oh my goodness I never did that with my first
0: can you explain to me what when you say tongue-tied I can Mm. guess what that means but can you further clarify what that means
1: he has it's called a sublingual sublingual mucosal tongue tie i'm probably butchering that for anyone knows a lot about tongue ties so (laughs) it's quite deep and in the back and hard to see and so what it means is that they can't get their tongue up to the roof of their mouth to perform that perfect latch Mm. so anytime he would latch on to my breast it was a couple sucks and a release and a release, and he could not get a good flow going. Got Got so, it. when you have your letdown, um, you know, he had basically trained my body to be two to three ounces of a letdown, and then he would just stop feeding. Mm. Um, and he was actually doing something similarly to a bottle, but obviously with a bottle, it's a whole lot easier to get the suction and the latch going. So, luckily, the tongue tie reversal, what she could do, what the dentist could do, um, it made it a lot easier with a lot less clicking on the bottle. Um, but he was still never able to like develop that positive relationship with breastfeeding. He was very, it was, it was traumatizing for him to breastfeed. Yeah. So for us, it was like, you know what?
2: Um, We could have
1: potentially gone off Island and found another, um, dentist that would have done another revision, but like, you know what, we just, whatever's best for him. And right now this seems to be his happy place feeding from a bottle. So.
0: Yes, I I I hear you and you just use the word off island so on that note mm-hmm. I want to uh mention that the reason that or the way I was able to find you is I have someone who comes to our studio that she travels to Bermuda and she just every time she comes back she's just raves about how mm-hmm. beautiful Bermuda era, Buma- yeah. Bermuda is that the energy there is just so incredible and she's piqued my interest so in the process of finding you in a yoga studio in Bermuda um, I guess I'm just really excited to actually talk to someone who lives in Bermuda
1: yeah can
0: can you tell me what Bermuda is like
1: Bermuda's awesome. So we're a subtropical island that's about 700 miles off the coast of North Carolina. So we're like right in line with North Carolina. Mm. Um, we are kind of the halfway in between the U.S. and um, and really like the continent of Africa. Like it's on the other side, obviously. And then we have Britain above us. So we are a, an overseas um, territory of the United Kingdom. Um, so kind of like how Jamaica was before they went independent, essentially. And it's beautiful. It's a 21-square-mile island. It's um, a mile wide at, it, at its widest point. If you look at a map of Bermuda, it looks like kind of... Um, I've, I've heard it described as like a hook. Um, or like someone said to me recently, I had a teacher, one of my best friends came and um, taught here for me back in October. She's like, it looks to me like a witch's finger that's like curling in oh, and telling you to come here, like come here, <laughs> kind
2: of
1: sort of thing. So it's a really cool shape. Um, it's actually... A volcano we're living on top of an inactive volcano and wow. so there is um like you know it's, it's just kind of the island and then everything below it is inactive volcano so we have incredible reef incredible surf um and then we have this insane drop-off point so all of the fishermen here they go out to the drop-off and that's where they do um they're fishing but when they go out that far you can't even see the island anymore that's how far out it is wow it's cool it's a cool spot
0: it sounds amazing i know everything i've heard about it and the pics i've seen of from the surf culture as well it just Mm. looks like this really amazing
1: culture is like super hush hush too a lot of people that move here don't know that you can surf here Uh, um and there's like this small contingency of surfer dudes and surfer girls that go out and it's they you know they're watching the weather radar like crazy to make sure that the conditions are right and they go out and they paddle and Um, they go for it. So it's cool. It's like a really, it's starting to become a a real thing. Like people are coming here to surf. Nice. Awesome.
0: Another reason to go. I'm Mm -hmm. uh, what drew you or when did you move to Bermuda? Are you Mm. born and raised there or? Cool
1: story. No, I am from Toronto, Canada. That is home for me. I saw that you Um, went to
0: university at, uh, how do I say the name of the university in Canada that you went to? So I
1: went, so I went to the university of Guelph Mm -hmm. and then, um, I went to, I mean, yeah. I mean, Guelph, Guelph primarily. And okay. then I also did a little bit at Laurentian. That was like kind of my that's, last got it. Laurentian. So that was, um, that, that was kind of like a, a secondary portion of my degree that I did. Um, yeah, so that's uh, born and raised there. Uh, my teaching career began there at, at a really young age. And I was just kind of like, all right, like been there, done that. Well, wait,
0: when you say teaching career, do you mean yoga teaching career or? Mm,
1: So I started off as I was a ballet mistress to start. So I started um, teaching ballet at about 18, um, just kind of through university as I was going through university. And then I finished school and I started teaching ballet full time. And I went through a a fairly traumatic relationship um, with my first marriage. And, um, I really lost myself in it, you know, young, got married young, um, didn't really know who I was, got lost in that and really couldn't, couldn't really find a way back to myself. And, um, my boss and I at the time, studio owner, she was like, uh, oh, we had just finished this really great, um, ballet class. We had driven into Toronto. I was living in London, Ontario at the time, driven to Toronto to take a three hour ballet class. And on the way back, she's like, I can't wait to go to yoga tomorrow. And I was like, oh, Really? Like, I did my first yoga class when I was like 16 or 17, and it was like in an upstairs loft with on carpet with like this really witchy instructor. And they was like old ladies and they were cackling and like just laughing, and giggling <laughs> the whole time. And I, so, my first interactions with yoga, I was like, I don't really, I don't get it. And so, when she said, Hey, you know, do you want to come to yoga with me? I was like, mm, I guess. She's like, Your body will feel great after you should definitely come. And so, it was 2000. And, oh 2010 maybe 2009 yeah 2009 and it was when um the really big boom of hot yoga was happening oh, right yeah. oh, so yeah. this was um it was moksha yoga as my first class so i guess i think in the states it's a little bit like Modo yoga is that right
0: you know in I've, the states? i i've heard of mokshas, but
1: okay so it's like a it's like a um yep. a pre-choreographed class it's like a hatha uh-huh. sequence that Got you it. do yep. Yep. a couple of vinyasas in there whatever and you're in front of a mirror like it's obviously very um Bikram like from that Bikram lineage yeah um the teachers don't yell at you or anything but that was (laughs) the general the general gist of it and um I loved it oh my god I was hooked but I think I also got hooked for the wrong reasons like obviously as a ballet dancer I was able to watch my body in these mirrors Mm. um had major body image issues at the time Mm. um but when the standing sequencing went to seated sequencing that was when I could like really drop into myself Mm. and felt okay. Like this is, this is, this is me. This is, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm watching develop in my body. And, and I was really able to come back to myself and felt that it was such a positive influence on not only how I saw myself, how I felt about myself, how I was able to look at myself in the mirror that I started teaching my ballet students yoga. So instead of doing their three, ballet classes a week. We did two ballet classes in one yoga, like stretch and conditioning is what we called it. Um, and started teaching them yoga that way. Um, and then I traveled to Europe with my brother and it was like a breaking point for me. I was like this, the way that I'm living my life, what I'm, what I'm giving to these young women is not positive. I've really suffered because of this way that I've taught myself to have a detest for my body mm. um and so i walked away from it i walked away from teaching ballet and i took a year kind of sabbatical and got certified as a yoga teacher quickly got certified as a pilates teacher and moved to toronto i was living in london so moved to toronto and started teaching full-time what? and loved it nice. it was like such a such a positive change yeah. not only in my yeah. like physical body but in my mental state um, it's, I realized that that's who I was and yeah, then I got bored. <laughs> you no, know, you just, you're teaching a long time, right? You're like, yeah, ah, I need a shake up. Like I love, as I said earlier, <laughs> I love variables. I love for people to throw things in and shake it up. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to move. I'm going to leave. Yeah. And in that moving and leaving, um, I had been going backwards and forwards to Mexico. My parents were often there on vacation. So I had developed a really good relationship in Puerto Vallarta with some teachers and some students. And I was going backwards and forwards for a lot of years. And finally, as I was assigned to leave Toronto, one of the teachers um, at a studio that doesn't exist anymore in Puerto Vallarta said to me, like, why don't you come down and, and lead a workshop for us? Yeah, cool. That's awesome. I'll do that. So I boarded the plane, and sitting adjacent to me is my current husband. Oh, you know, I say current, like maybe he won't be. <laughs> 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 um, my my husband, who I yeah, so that was um, almost ten years ago now that we met on that flight. Nice. So he was coming from Bermuda to Puerto Vallarta to go ah. fishing, and I was coming from Toronto to Puerto Vallarta to teach yoga. And, um, we had our first date in Puerto Vallarta and it was like a week and we had a great time and we were both kind of like, okay, bye. See you never. And because I didn't really have anywhere to be, um, he invited me to Bermuda to just come see it and see what I thought. And so I went for two weeks and it was the strangest thing as I saw the Island for the first time and started descending into the airport. I was like, this feels like home. Wow. It was yeah. like, just this massive, like overcoming, like wow. this is where you're meant to be. So we spent, I spent two weeks here. And the very last day that I was here, I went and took a yoga class. Cause for me, I don't know about you. When I go on vacation, like the last thing I want to do is, is take a class. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, I, I know exactly I what you vacation. mean. Yeah. If, if you're doing it all the time, you're like, I'm going on yeah, vacation to take like, a vacation. I don't, not I don't to... need to go on vacation to yeah, yoga. Yeah. So
1: I had to convince myself. I'm like, you know what? Just go see what the yoga yeah. scene is like in Bermuda. And so I jumped into class and after class, I was offered a job. Oh wow. Hey, what 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 are you doing here? Why are you like yeah, why well, does your practice you look like that? Yeah. Do you want to come teach for me? Um and so like the rest was history. I've been wow. here since then. And um after I had my first son, so it'll be four years this April, I opened up Shimana Circle.
0: That's really cool. I, I saw that you opened up in two thousand and nineteen.
1: That's right. right. When, April 5th, 2019. I, when I
0: saw that number, I went, oh gosh, that's right before the pandemic. Like what a challenging yeah. time to start a business, like just long enough to kind of be like, we're doing this. I got, you know, I got my mojo going. Then all of a sudden, okay, wait, put on pause. But I have no idea Dude. what Bermuda was like, but I know like yeah. from the smaller Island situations, probably fairly strict. I don't know what, what was yeah. Bermuda like?
1: So you're totally right. That was exactly it. We were just like really booming. And then, Obviously shut down. Um, Bermuda, luckily, um, was not as strict as the U.S. or Canada. Mm. So we only had, or
0: London for that matter, obviously being, a or British, London for that yeah, matter, yeah.
1: We only had two lockdowns here. So mm-hmm. the initial lockdown mm-hmm. that was four weeks, I want to say, and then we were able to start with outdoor practicing. Yeah. So because obviously of where we live we were able to hook up with resorts on island people were so willing yeah. to, like be out in parks the people were desperate for that connection you know yeah. so we started outdoor classes and ran that all through the summer and then i would say by the fall was when we were able to open with restrictions physically in the space
2: yeah
1: um so i remember with the first class we opened with i was allowed to have 6 people for the mm-hmm. size of the space mm-hmm. and then every week it got better and better and better and better and better until I think it was April 2021 when things got bad again. Yeah, yeah. And we were locked down again for 2 weeks. And then the release of restrictions happened a lot faster the second time. Like we could get back into the studio and things were, you know, rolling again. Yeah. And um I just have to say like Barrita it's it's an island of 60,000 people. It's a small town. It's a small community. People were they knew if they stopped supporting local businesses that none of us would be able to open. Yeah. So my, yeah. my members, they saved us. That's yeah. the only way that I yeah. made it is yeah. we were teaching over zoom. Yeah. They were, we were doing outdoor classes and yeah. they just continued to pay their membership fees because yeah. they could see we were trying hard. We, yeah. um, then we were able to develop an online platform through that. Right. Like, cause you know, yeah. obviously they're, they're continuing yeah. their fees. So yeah. for me, I was like, okay, like what more can I do for my, for my members? And, um, so we developed an online platform that we're still using today, we still live stream all of our classes and we have like a whole library of content. Same here. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like, what else do you do? You pivot. (laughs) That was the language you pivot and you make it work. And movement is so important (laughs) that we, we weren't just going to fold. I wasn't just going to bend over, you know, like that that wasn't happening. And so since then um, it's just been like this continual build of um, people hearing about us, us expanding our programming, offering more, doing more and i mean now we're we start at seven in the morning and we finish at like eight thirty at night and we're, yep. we're teaching and yep. we have classes all day yeah right
0: that's amazing that that's really cool are i'm curious growing growing up every time i mm. heard about bermuda it was mm. this like the bermuda triangle idea this sort <laughs> yeah. of mysterious that if you go out there you'll never come back again and mm-hmm. What what is the reality of all that? What what is the history behind that, and why sure. why is that? So,
1: um, the Bermuda Triangle is three points: it's um, Miami, Bermuda, and Puerto Rico. So that is the that's the triangle of space. Um, there are a lot of kind of funny things that do happen around here. Most recently, um, we lost, and if anyone's listening that like knows all the details of the story, um, we've we've lost ocean liners we've lost, um, most recently we have uh, these like sail GP. Um, so it's like single man crewed sailboats. Mm. Um, and this is like a veteran of 20, 25 years went down between, um, I'm not sure whether it started in the Carolinas or maybe it was like the East coast, like more Martha's vineyard kind of area. Yeah. So it's a race from East to Bermuda and, um, he went over, he went overboard.
2: Oh, um, wow. and so Did,
1: it's like it's a thing like it's it, like I mean it totally happens does yeah. it happen any more here than anywhere yeah. else yeah. I don't I don't really know but I think yeah. what's weird is that um it, it takes a while to like gather the information and like to go out and find them yeah. and the search and the yeah. rescue and yeah. just so many also like shipwrecks and stuff like we have an incredible there's actually a map it's Teddy Tucker's map of shipwrecks Bermuda shipwreck mm. and if you look at it there are, hundreds of ships that went down all the way around Bermuda because of the reef, like what I was speaking yeah, about earlier. Yeah. Um, you can't see it, but because of the volcano, essentially there's all these points that jut out. So, you know, you, Bermuda, you know, got a, re- um, got a reputation based on that. Yeah. And then obviously in the first, not obviously, but on the first voyage over um, in 1609, um, When Bermuda was discovered, the, the first it was a shipwreck that they made it on island. They left two guys on island along with a bunch of pigs. And so anytime people were passing by the island, they called it the um, devil's isle because <laughs> it was just squealing pigs. Oh, all the wow. time so it has this like very kind of yeah um like dark a bit like history and connotation yeah um you know a lot of people would know it from um like buried treasure like teddy tucker's buried treasure um finding all like the the coins from spanish armada and and things like that like, there's just just this wild history of shipwrecks and stuff so i think that's where a lot of it comes from um but if you would ask a bermudian now bermudians would just like shrug their shoulders at you and be like
2: yeah <laughs>
0: exactly yeah. really the thing it's not, really. it's not really a thing. Yeah, it's just a bunch of folklore.
1: <laughs> just a bunch of folklore. That's it. Um. Yeah. But but obviously the shipwrecks are super well documented because people are going out and trying to find yeah the buried treasure.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. What is the so our. How many? How many people are moving to Bermuda versus leaving Bermuda? Does Bermuda mm. stay pretty like consistent so, with your population? Is there yeah, a lot of? Is there a lot of work opportunity? Like,
1: yeah. Sp- so the work opportunity here is reinsurance. That's the big industry in Bermuda. Reinsurance. Um, okay,
0: what does that mean? Real. people
1: with like real jobs, dude, you know, I don't know. Like I've never had a real job like, <laughs> real that. like you know what I mean? Like they work a nine to five reinsurance. So they're, yeah. so what they do is they sell insurance to mm. insurance companies. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. And there's a lot of like accountants and actuaries. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Risk assessment, management. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, when people are like, Oh, do you know what so-and-so does? I'm like, they have a real job. I'm not really sure. Like, I, don't, yeah. I don't really know the ins and outs of what they do. Um, but there's yeah. a lot of them yeah. here and and that's how, cause Bermuda is the most expensive country in the world to live in.
2: Wow. Right?
1: So maybe, maybe that's something you didn't know. But I didn't know it that. is the most expensive country. If you go and look up one of those, like yeah Google lists or whatever, yeah. um, even more expensive than Switzerland. Yes. Um, so that's how, that's why, because there's, there is so much money here and there, and because we're small and because obviously we import everything, we don't export anything. Um mm-hmm. So we're very reliant on the U.S. We have container ships that come in every two weeks. Um Essentially there's like enough on island for us to survive for three weeks and that's it. So if something ever happened in mainland or we like piss some people off, you know, they, Yeah, we don't really have too much to- You
0: got a long boat ride. Yeah, Yeah, it is a
1: long swim. Like there's really, there's no way off besides, besides an airplane, you know, some people, some people do boat and there's like, there's a big yachting, um, culture here, but you know, if you don't have a yacht, like, you know, you're kind of screwed.
0: Got it. Now I I saw your studio on the photos that you've been posting on Instagram and it looks so beautiful. Was that, was that an existing building or is that something that you built or what's the story behind that? I was
1: so lucky. Um, so in October of 2018, I finally like this building had been on our realtor websites for the longest time. I had been like stocking it for the better part of probably six months at that point. And that October, 2018, I was finally like, no, I had my son in February. I thought that I was going to be a stay at home mom. And I was like, this is not my gig. I really don't like this. I need a life. Like I'm, I'm, I'm talented. I need, I need to, I need an outlet. Um, so I finally like kind of harassed the realtor enough that was like, yeah, okay, you can come see it. But like, I don't think you're really going to like it. Like, I don't think it's going to be what you need. It's, um, at the, it's a, it's a loft. It's a third story loft and it's up this horrendous flight of stairs (laughs) and you get up to this loft and you come in and it's just this bright, open, airy space. Now there was like carpet all over the ground and stuff. It had previously been an architecture firm called the studio. And in this architect's building of this space she had actually exposed all of the rafters and the beams that are originally existing in all original bermuda architecture so we build things with limestone because that's what the island is made on like we're it's, it's a limestone island so we everything is built in limestone and then all of the structure is built with wooden beams like two by four beams and so that's what with slate over top so that's what my ceiling is that's what looks Um, so amazing yeah yeah the space was mostly open i only had to knock down one wall um it's a 20 by 40 studio with like these gorgeous dark beams and a white ceiling yeah um we laid down hardwood and um that like was kind of it we painted some walls laid down some more flooring like the bones of the building was it was perfect i walked in I said, and she's like, what do you think? You know, the stairs kind of suck, don't they? (laughs) Like, no, man, that's the best warm-up ever. Like, no, it's not accessible because there's no elevator. So you do have to be able to get the stairs. But I've always been very upfront about that. Like, we are, we're inaccessible. You do have to climb the stairs. But once you get up here, it's paradise. Like, it's like our own little, you don't even feel like you're in Bermuda anymore. So for people who, you know, get island fever and rock fever. They Mm. love coming up here. because It's like, oh, I'm in the city. Like it feels like Toronto or it feels like, Mm. you know, New York or whatever. When they come up here, obviously just because of my influence being from being from Toronto. Yeah, yeah, that's the vibe. The vibe is just like not, not an island. It's just so much more than that.
0: That's amazing. Can you speak a little bit about your own personal feelings and experience with rock fever?
1: Mm. I don't get it. You don't I don't feel it. I don't yeah. I think you have to be local. Like I think, but I mean actually I do know people who aren't local that get it. Yeah. Um I when I first moved here, the culture was very much um six weeks on and then vacation. Six weeks on island, vacation, six mm. weeks. People were leaving like every six weeks just like gain perspective. Because again, you know, it's a paradise. It's amazing here, but it's like not really real life when you live in such a small community in a small place and the things that happen here, the the culture, um, sometimes like the things, the things that are relevant in Bermuda are not necessarily relevant in other places. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, people get really itchy and I don't, I don't know. I don't have that. And I don't know whether it's because I've created this space. Like this is, yeah. if I was to build myself a home, this would be it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm here kind of all day, every day, and I and I, I love being here. Um and I and during the pandemic, I, mean, I feel like I taught myself. That's what I learned during the pandemic. I made my home, my sanctuary, like everything in that space is everything that I love, and everything in this space is everything that I love. So I never really feel like I have to leave. Um That's cool. The so last time I was off island was June twenty twenty one. Yeah. June twenty twenty one.
0: Got it, got it.
1: And I'm not have, slated to leave until May,
0: 2023. <laughs> yeah, nice. you're like I'm settled in. I, I'm. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like when you were coming in on the airplane and you had that feeling of like, oh my gosh, this is my home. Then that, yeah. that even speaks to the fact that that potentially is why you're still comfortable, yeah. regardless of how much land amasses around you. Totally.
1: Well, oh, I mean, like all people, I feel like we exist. Uh, Everyone exists in like a ten to fifteen mile radius. Like, yeah, if you really think yeah, about your life, yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, it's true. How far away is your home from your studio? Are you are you in the same building? I am so
1: close. I'm literally yeah. up the road. I it takes me less than ten minutes to get here.
0: How are you managing being a studio owner, uh, mm-hmm. having two children, and mm-hmm. having classes running from? It sounds like seven in the morning till eight, <laughs> eight o'clock at night. And, and it's I uh,
1: have. I have, I'm so blessed. I have the most incredible team. I have a sensational business partner that is here. Um, she, her, her children are off in university and things like that. So she has a a lot of time to dedicate to the space, which I'm so grateful for. Um, my team of teachers is absolutely incredible. There are Wonderful, we're a team of women, um, and not but not like on purpose, it's just how it's worked out. Um, they are wonderful humans, they are like sponges for learning, they um love being here and love the community. So, I honestly, it, it takes a village, and there's no way that I would be able to do this if it wasn't for my incredible team.
0: Oh, that's amazing! That's yeah. cool, and at
1: home. My, hus- my husband's great, like my current husband, he's my current... he's great. <laughs> you're right, <laughs> he's gonna hate me. <laughs>
0: Oh, no, it's awesome. We got to be, right. we got to be, uh, be realistic and humorous at the same time, right? Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: yeah, he's awesome. So he's lots of support at home. So,
0: well, that's cool. I'm, I'm curious, can you speak a little bit about what you're in terms of learning different styles of yoga, mm. um, yeah. and what you are most passionate so, about teaching mm, currently?
1: Yeah. So I mean, I found yoga, as I said, like kind of that moksha hatha vinyasa style, um, which then, you know, as a ballet dancer, I of course I ended up doing my teacher training in Ashtanga. Like that that's just what spoke to me. I you know, I never I've not been to India, I've never done the whole Mysore thing. But the teacher that I trained with in um in Toronto runs a Mysore based Ashtanga Yoga Center. Um so that was that was my training. Um Do you mind sharing? And I was their very name? lucky. Um say again. Do
0: you mind sharing their name?
1: Yeah, Ashtanga Yoga Canada.
0: That is, um, does he have, David been, yeah, I, we, mm-hmm. we, I David use his, uh, practice card here at our studio. Yeah. I feel like he's got a ton yeah, of stuff he's, online. He's and, a
1: beautiful human, nice. like, such, such a great man. Um, so I did all of my, um, practice teaching hours there and then was able to do my training one-on-one with my teacher in London, her name's Sarah Levins. Um, she was teaching out of the, the home studio that I was practicing at. And so she was very much like, hey, we like let's get this done. Let's do this together. So I was very lucky to do it entirely one-on-one with her. Again, another beautiful human. Um, and then I kind of moved myself to Toronto and very much like the Toronto scene. There was still like Down Dog in Toronto. I don't know whether you know any like Toronto studios. I've, I've to heard tr- of that. Um, I've heard of that. Yeah, Down Dog was the big like Ashtanga kind of yoga studio there. I didn't gravitate towards that because I had actually been getting really injured doing Ashtanga. My low back was trashed like, crashed. Um, didn't really understand um, the core connection yet. Like, you know, Mulavanda, Banda, like, okay, those are all words, but like, they were never really fully explained to me and I don't think I really understood. Um, so that is when the Pilates came in. Um, so I was, I trained under um, Amber Joliet out of Misfit Studio. Um, she trained me in Stop Pilates, Reformer Pilates, and I started teaching Pilates almost immediately again, like as a, as a teacher, for me, it was very easy to just like grab new modalities and put them in and just start regurgitating them. Like it's not, yeah, it was very very easy for me to step kind of into that. So Pilates was happening, yoga was happening. And then her studio was very much at the time about the blend fusion, this blend of Mm. Pilates and yoga. So I got really addicted to doing that. And that was a real thing for me for a long time, teaching this blend of, of both disciplines. Um, then leaving Toronto and moving to Bermuda, I was I was still doing that. That was all still happening. And then I don't know if I said to you the name Exhale. Mm, Exhale is a brand of movement studios kind of all over the States. Um, and they are bar. Bar is their thing. So Exhale was opening up in Bermuda and I was like, yeah, okay. Like I'll learn a new thing. That sounds good. So certified in bar. And so I was very much doing the three bar yoga Pilates, bar yoga Pilates. And my body was feeling great. Things were awesome. Loved it. Probably peak of my peak of my fitness right before I got pregnant, Um, got pregnant because of my insanely strong core (laughs) and my Pilates breath, the breath work that I was doing with Pilates. Um, After birth, I had incredible diastasis, like the amount of like I had like a five finger separation no lie after the birth of my first son that really did not resolve itself um so I was like ah no big deal I'm a Pilates teacher I do all these things I'll be able to get my body back like I'll be able to like bring things back I knew it would never be the same but like I I could work with it what I was doing wasn't working like it really wasn't working it was making it worse my back Mm. pain was back Mm. um yeah things things weren't good in my body. And I started seeking out help that was not movement. So I started seeing a physiotherapist on island named Michelle Monk. And I started seeing a chiropractor on island named um, Mark DuPont. And between the two of them retained a lot of incredible information, had... Um, pelvic floor assessment realizing that I had an incredibly hypertonic pelvic floor which is what led to my diastasis and which was really what was keeping me from healing fully because even after birth I did have a very traumatic birth birth in the hospital here um, it was vaginal but lots of trauma um I didn't really realize that having a, a really tight pelvic floor was an issue for birth when I say it out loud it's like well duh Course, it's an issue. But when you don't know that's what you have, you don't know that's a problem when you're going into birthing, yeah. especially when you're in a high intensity environment. And I'm sure you can hear by talking to me, I'm a very type A person. Um, I love to be in control. So for me, it's hard to, you know, and yeah. really let my pelvic floor yeah. go. And yeah. so learning that from her. And then Dr. Mark DuPont is a dynamic neuromuscular stabilization practitioner. So DNS for short, it is a field of developmental kinesiology that is out of Prague. It's the Prague school that does DNS. And he basically rehabilitated my body um, using DNS. So completely different breathwork technique. Um, Utilizing all of my pelvic floor work that I was doing with my physiotherapist. It was all kind of happening together. And then as this was happening, of course, me, I'm going this is insane that I'm able to do this with my body. How do I give this to my clients? How do I turn this into Pilates? And how do I turn this into yoga? So the DNS model is very much, and you would know this with having two kids, the DNS model is very much based on, as I said, developmental kinesiology, which is our develop, our movement development from birth. So we start, you know, you lay your baby on back, three months supine with your legs in the air and your arms in the air. And then it very much turns into a sideline position. That's the next movement pattern a baby gives you is that kind of rolling from side to side. And then eventually you get the rolling that goes into a tummy time It's called three month prone. So you're in that kind of position where they're learning to lift their head and they're learning to kind of press up with their hands. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you get into a quadruped position. You get that kind of rocking forwards and backwards that eventually turns into crawling. And then you get the tripod or like the leg forward that eventually turns into the pulling up and the going back down and the pulling up that eventually turns into a squat, a kind of weird, like squat, like they look like they're going to poop and then standing. And that is the developmental pattern of every single human being. We all did that. And so training this developmental movement pattern was how I was able to truthfully heal my diastasis and make it functional.
0: Wow, that is fascinating. So I turned
1: that developmental movement pattern into Pilates and into yoga. So our movement, I call it a movement Ah. ladder, we start, my very first, so we have six classes that are part of our method, the Shimano method. We start on our backs in the first class called connection, learning how to breathe. Yeah. So learning yeah. how to breathe diaphragmatically, understanding our pelvic floor, the ability to work our pelvic floor manually and subconsciously, and use that in core work, which is essentially what a three-month supine is. In order to get your legs up and your arms up, you're, you're belly breathing, you're you're in core work. So we teach that in that first class. Our secondary class is kind of learning about the rolling and a lot of that, again, so the Pilates way that I'm doing it is putting in all the core work, all the curls, all the leg lifts, all the toe taps. Mm. That's all happening in, in that developmental pattern. Um, So then our next class is balance and that's where we're learning kind of all the rolling and side to side. And we start to learn the glute engagement, which is from quadruped into the tripod stance So we're learning kind of all of that. And again, lots of reps, lots of, which is the Pilates component, slow reps, et cetera. Our next class is spirit, which we are adding in the yoga component. So that peak posture for spirit is down dog, which is a bear in developmental movement. So, you know, when kids go from quadrupeds on their hands and their knees and they start lifting their butt up and they're kind of walking on all fours essentially. Yeah. So we're peaking to that in that class, using stretching, using more developmental movement pattern. The next class is freedom. So where we get a little bit higher, we're working more on squatting and standing, lunging. We start to incorporate the idea of vinyasa, of flow. Um, And then from there, it goes into fusion, which is a combination of the core work and the yoga, which is way more high intensity. So more pilates base, And then synthesis, which is more yoga-based. So again, adding in all the breathwork technique, that's kind of the... Um, the thread that stays the same all the way through is keeping that three-dimensional breath the whole way. And then it's the Pilates and then a lot more yoga and synthesis. So it's like basically a graduation to fusion.
0: Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Now, That's it a
1: nutshell. That, in that, that
0: yeah. is really cool. I mean, uh, just visualizing. You, know, you,
1: gotta come, you gotta come take class. <laughs> I want
0: to. That is a fascinating
1: yeah.
0: rehab strategy. Yeah.
1: You know, and I mean to re- the shit that I'm saying, sorry, I'm sorry. No, no. The stuff that I'm seeing. You can,
0: you can say whatever you want to say. Yeah.
1: Women's bodies in yeah. men's bodies, like the release of back pain, the healing mm. of diastasis, the understanding mm. of pelvic floor, people's sex lives improving, um, shoulder pain, like just being able to like be in a really, you know, safe developmental position where you can breathe. And I mean, maybe yeah. your wife might yeah. know this that she likes I um hair, but if, <laughs> if you're someone who has done a lot of hair, Um, you know, you're, you're using your, your round brush and your blow dryer and you're like straightening your hair and you straighten it hot, hot, and then you hit the cold button to set it. You do one more pass of cold. That's how I describe the breath work. The breath work is literally that cold pass where it's teaching your muscles and your neurology. It's, it's all up here, um, that this is the new set pattern. That's what it does.
0: You know, uh... It sounds like you're on to something that. Are right, what Dude. what is um what, what, what kind of uh, so, so obviously you're getting incredible feedback from yeah. your immediate community. Is yeah. there is there anybody else around the world doing what you're doing?
1: Um I would imagine so. So DNS um they're kind of like these the Prague school. It's a very hush-hush thing. It's like you know, and they would probably, if they ever heard this, they would be like, oh, we didn't train her.
0: She's not, she's not not the official. Yeah. She's not legit.
1: Like that's, that, that would probably be the response. Um, and, and that's totally fine for me because their stuff is brilliant, but I'm actually not able to go train with them because I'm not a physiotherapist, chiropractor, any of those things. So they're more like medical. So I can take like the baseline courses Mm, so like their yogas and their pilates and stuff like that they've got a pelvic floor rehab as well i have never taken any of that all of it has just been from my chiropractor him he's all he's certified in all of that and me just like pulling from all of the stuff that he's rehabbing me with and then turning it essentially into choreography so i would imagine it's happening kind of quietly all over the place and some of these people are that go and get the certification that are chiropractors they run crossfit boxes and gyms and they're completely changing their programming after they hear about all of this stuff interesting um and it's kind of kitschy it's kind of like what am i doing yeah but every time you stand up at the end of class you're like huh like i've just completely reset my body so you know any really like you kind of you could give me any ailment And I can, I can pretty much work with it. Like whatever the issue is, like, is it a shoulder? Is it a hip? Is it a, you know, I've got clients that are, that, you know, so as issues and, you know, you name it, whatever, like whatever the issue is, especially postpartum rehabilitation, um, it it pretty much taps it. And like, I've been kind of waiting because i mean hopefully what you hear from talking to me is like i'm always kind of looking for the next thing like i want to be current i want to know what's going on yeah um and i've yet to find anything else that like heals it yeah and i have yet to find an issue and obviously the island is small but i have yet to have an issue come through my door that's been able to walk up my stairs um that i haven't been (laughs) able to help
0: whoa i you know what something about it just makes so much sense. Yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't we revert to our initial yep. birth state right. and rebuild from the ground right. back up? Right. Instead right. of trying to It's like to every
1: good yoga class com- you've ever <laughs> taken, right? The ones that start yeah. with breathwork and core work yeah. are the best classes you've ever yeah. taken. There's a reason yeah. for that, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um and this I is, think
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I think now. it's, it's well, powerful. I didn't even know I was going to stumble onto you right now. Like I, I did.
1: <laughs> so funny. You're like all oh, this girl that lives in Bermuda.
0: <laughs> no, but honestly, that's making it happen. That's very brilliant. I'm I'm excited Thank by you. this. Yeah, I'm I'm really yeah. in awe. I'm uh, happy to
1: share. I'm I, super uh, I'm super happy to share. Hopefully, as you can hear in my voice, like uh, I. I'm never someone that's like, oh, like quiet about what I'm doing. I got to keep my my secret secret. Yeah. 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 Come see what I'm doing. I will teach you. I have taught, I've already taught teacher training in it that people are going and they're taking it places. We are actually doing a 200 hour training in April that will cover the breath work and the core work segments. Um, but it is obviously a 200 hour yoga lions certified thing. So we have to follow their, um, their outline, but it'll still be very much, uh, DNS kind of shamanic method based.
0: Are you having that all in studio or is that high? Yeah, I'm
1: so it, excited. So it's so, not
0: online. No? Yeah, go not, not online. No, so yeah. not online. We're not yeah. doing it online. I think yeah. we're going to
1: offer an online component next time that like we're going to do half yeah. of it online and the other half in person. Yeah. So, um, the teacher that's coming down, she's actually, um, out of, is she in Fort Lauderdale? I should know where she is. She's in Florida. Um, she's called the traveling yoga studio. She and I crossed paths in San Diego when I was teaching in San Diego before I moved here. And she does during the pandemic, she started this online yoga teacher training and she very much curates yoga teacher trainings for studio spaces. So for me, I'm again, probably as you can hear yoga is a thing for me, but it's not like my, it's not my only thing.
2: Yeah. Um, so yep. for me
1: to like create a 200 hour teacher training, I'm like, Ugh.
2: It's a lot I of don't work. know. There's so many other yeah. things. And yeah. she has
1: this expertise. So it's like, great. Come on in. Let's bring yeah. you in. Yeah. I'll put what I know in with what you know. And we will have this teacher training. So it's over four weeks here. It's all gonna be integrated into the studio, which I think will be so fun. We're gonna run all of our classes like normal. And we've just integrated training hours with um with the teacher training. So yeah. like their practice hours yeah. and lecture hours, et cetera. Yeah.
0: Very cool. That. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. We're trying. I mean, uh also too, just to hear your background in the world of dance, the evolution mm. then toward yoga, naturally into Pilates, and then having your own personal issues that you need healing with, looking outside the box, finding people from the chiropractic and um like uh what was the other terminology that you used from physiotherapy. Physiotherapy, thank you. To, yeah. to really just like figure out what works. So it's amazing to, to hear your story and to, to see how it all evolved and where you're at now. That's really inspirational. It's so cool.
1: Thanks,
0: Very Thank cool. You. Very cool. You know, you had made mention earlier about the type of body imaging stuff that happens mm. in the ballet world. And if you don't mm. want to speak about any of this, I totally understand. But I'm just mm. curious um, how I'm aware... Personally, just in relation to trauma, like it it takes time. Like things Mm. don't just happen overnight. No, is it something that you are still working with, or have you turned a major corner? Especially
1: postpartum. Yeah, Yeah, I I feel I feel like it's oh it's always a thing. What happened Um, postpartum?
0: Do you mean in relation to like? being able to see yourself and not have negative thinking because mm, your body's changed mm. p- from the, yeah, from your the- body
1: changes so much, especially after the second one, man, those second babies. So the first one wasn't so bad, but the second one I was like, Oh boy. Um, it's, definitely. And it's, it's the primary reason that we don't have any mirrors in our studio. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to, and I, I don't, I don't know that it's healthy. I don't, it's healthy to be staring at your reflection all day long. Yeah. Um, so why yeah. I don't have a scale in my home, um, it's why I spend a lot of time in sweats, you know, as soon as I get home, I'm like immediately taking off my leggings and I'm getting into a pair of sweats. Um, what is and the, is the, a I- lot of it is the
0: idea there, Nat, that leggings and stuff, you'll judge yourself more when you see yourself mm. in something tight versus something loose. That's a, I totally. never, I never thought of that. But that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you just, it's just, you're just kind of changing your habits in order to, um, not not prevent your mind from going there, because I think it's important to go there and to deal with the thoughts. Um, but it's it, it just it's it's just nicer. It's easier. And again, that that type A or hypertonicity for me, it, it it comes right down when that is my reality. and I'm, you know, sitting cozy in my house and not worrying about, you know, yeah, is, is yeah, my stomach yeah. sticking out, or you know, oh, or do my legs look fat today, yeah. or, yeah, you know my boobs look crazy. Cause I breastfed, breastfed two kids, you know, it's, um, what is your, it's, it's I feel like it's constantly daily. It's daily. It's a daily practice. Yeah.
0: Daily. What What is your earliest memory of, um, starting to think negatively about your body mm. image?
1: Yeah. I remember it from, I probably was, I want to say six or seven years old maybe. And, um, standing in front of mirrors before ballet exams Mm. and um you know standing in a ballet first position some girls would have space between their legs they would have like a thigh gap and from six or seven years old i knew i didn't i didn't have that and i remember that being a really like why isn't my body as good as theirs yeah why like why why am i fat i was like six or seven i was not fat like i am a i'm a small human um just just those thoughts and then we used to have to wear like these little elastic waist bands around our body suits for examinations and um i remember the the, the one that they wanted to give me it was i mean they probably just gave me the wrong like they probably just handed me the wrong size but it was too small and I had to go and get another, like the next size up or whatever. And I just remember being so upset with myself that like wow. that, yeah, you know, that is something that I had to do at six or seven years old.
0: It's, it's amazing. You know? and it was
1: just a continuation. Oh, yeah.
0: That's incredible. I mean, I, have you observed, cause you've been able to traverse, uh, multiple spheres of body movement, uh, schooling in relation to yoga and, and uh, dance and we do see this in yoga as well. I feel like mm-hmm. in yoga there's a bit more of a there is a positive turn in the direction of accepting uh, making it accessible for everybody and that yeah. any one particular body shape size is not exactly. more isn't better than another. Yeah. And obviously in ballet, I'm guessing um well, actually my question is is the ballet world making accommodations for this type of thinking, no, it's not. It no. just it's pretty steadfast yeah. in that. Nope, nope, we're not going there. Sorry, like that's yeah. great for you. It's, right. a, we're, it's we're
1: not like changing. an elite. It's an elite sport. It's yeah. an elite, the best of the best of the best. And I mean, I just remember, mm. you know the boys would get so much attention because there's so few boys that do ballet. So it was so much more likely that the boys would go pro and the boys would be selected for schools and things like that. But because there were so many girls um, and there are so many girls that are still participating, you know, um, and, and are excellent at what they do. And I mean, if you're going to dance on pointe shoes for hours at a time, like I, 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 I don't know. I can't imagine being, being a bigger body person and having the ability to do that, you know, just to be able to move body weight like that. Yeah. Um, it was, it was already hard enough. Got it. Um, that makes and sense. so maybe it is, maybe it is happening and maybe things are changing. Obviously I haven't been in that world in a long time, but what you see on the stage and what you see in imagery very much hasn't changed. I think the only thing that is happening now is that there is, there are more people of color in the ballet industry and even that like even probably that coming out of my mouth i'm realizing there really isn't there really still isn't space for that and usually when you are a person of color there are only certain companies that are interested in you you know the alvin Ailey's and 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 things like that um there there really is not a lot of space for different bodied diversity and different differently abled people yeah Yeah. the diversity it's just not there
0: all right, well luckily we're in a world now where we can. Yeah. We're we're yeah, not are free like, flow. We're, we're in a free flow environment where yeah. like you're creating a space where yeah. you're you're able you don't have to follow the 26 poses of the hot yoga series and oh have God. to turn the, oh the temperature dial to no. the exact same temperature. Yeah. You know, I mean uh, you're in Open this place a window, where, man. where you can create a whole new thing based off of uh, what is important in the moment which obviously is the way of the future.
1: It can be whatever you want it to be, you know, just sitting and breathing. That's yoga. Like
0: you,
1: you attempting something in a day. That's for me, that's yoga. Like anything like that, anything with mindfulness is, is yoga. Um, and I, and I, you know, I've, I've, it's taken a really long time. Publish that. Um, image of of shimana circle specifically that we are completely opened absolutely every age demographic race religion size color like we are open we want you here it's a safe space for you you will look around and see other people who look like you um because you know what Bermuda was before, it, it it wasn't that like there just wasn't that space, um, nice. and nice. we've really we've really had to work hard too. Especially because Bermuda is a very very religious island. It's very um yeah, yoga is scary. Yoga is, yo- yoga is the work of the devil. Yoga is um, these negative things, and so we've we've had to work real hard to like be involved in the community and be accepted by the community and approach it in an angle that is accessible to people, whether that's price point, whether that's, um, you know, class titles on the schedule. Um, You know, like we had, we've had a lot of really interesting, we do like village talks and um, just interesting conversations that we've had about diversity and culture and color and um, size, all of those things, invisible disabilities. Like we're, we're just, we're trying to be for everyone period.
0: I hear you, Nat. Oh man, I well, I'm so inspired. I'm extremely pleasantly surprised, but at the same time, what I can't express enough about doing podcasting and reaching out to people that I don't know first for you to just willingly join me, not knowing me from the of man of the moon, it <laughs> shows that there that you have that open mind that is just so important I think and I'm just so appreciative to meet other people like you and also um, you know I just love hearing your story and your evolution is absolutely you know so incredible so inspirational and I just am really thankful to have this chance and I'm excited to see what will come out of this. Maybe I can come or bring a group yeah. to, to Bermuda. And, and um, Absolutely. I mean, it's only what do you say? It's only 700 miles away, it's not that Honestly, far. Honestly, and
1: like if, if you can fly, because you where are you? Are you close to Miami? If uh, you can fly out of Miami, it's a direct flight.
0: We're in Juno Beach, so like uh, about an hour and 15 north of Miami. We're on, we're in like the west, dude, Palm, west Palm that is
1: perfect. <laughs> we, that is perfect. Direct flight from Miami, right? Right? Get your butt here, come take some class.
0: And if you're ever over in Florida, too, we We'd love to host you and, and, uh, yeah. and host a shamana training uh, or something of that nature yeah. over here if you're oh, ever, that'd be so in, in this neck of the woods. You know, yeah. now I want to, I know you have a busy sketch, so I, I don't want to hold you too long, but I'm, I'm curious, uh, do you have any thoughts, closing ideas, words of wisdom, uh, inspiration beyond what you've already shared with us to help us close our session today together?
1: Mm. Um, I, I just think, you know, any, anybody listening or anybody that's like trying to make yoga a thing, you know, like a daily thing is just that, you know, movement, movement is medicine, and any type of movement is, is important. It doesn't matter where you're doing it, or how you're moving your body, as long as you are getting up, moving your body daily. You know, I say to my clients all the time, get the vitamin D, get the sleep, eat the food, drink the water. And, and and that's that's how we show up. That's all we can do. It's just it's just every every single day it's a practice. Um Yeah. That's perfect. that's really it. That's
0: perfect, Nat. Well, thank you so much. And I look forward to so having welcome. having a chance to connect again in the future.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you. Native Yoga Podcast is produced by myself. The theme music is dreamed up by Bryce Allen. If you like this show, let me know. If there's room for improvement, I want to hear that too. We are curious to know what you think and what you want more of, what I can improve. And if you have ideas for future guests or topics, please send us your thoughts to info at Native Yoga Center. You can find us at nativeyogacenter.com. And hey, if you did like this episode, share it with your friends, rate it and review, and join us next time.